gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Hola, and welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is uh, episode number 27, Friday, September 6, 2019. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. It's episode 27. 27. <laughs> Very nice. We'll, get, uh, we'll actually Spanish, get into yeah. this because I love the story behind this movie. Yeah, it's, of, it's of how you brought it, brought it to the podcast. Oh, right? okay, that story. All yeah, right. we'll get to that because yeah. it's a great story. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, Labor Day. Do anything fun? Uh, no, actually, you, you know, <laughs> I really didn't. I, I stayed home. Uh, I uh, I did go up to Michigan this weekend, but then uh, came back on Sunday as to avoid the traffic and did nothing on Monday. So. It was uh, nice. nice and relaxed. Yeah, it was it was great. I was incredibly busy. Uh, I I got there's a there's a city in Wisconsin. We're broadcasting from Wausau, Wisconsin, in our spooky studios. Yeah. Uh, the, um, Stony Acres Farm. Ah. It's out in Athens. Okay. And there, obviously, it's a farm, but they have pizza uh, pizza on the farm where they have a wood fired grilled where they cook the pizzas. Everything that they put on it is from their farm. So it's from farm to fresh. Best pizza I ever had. Excellent. And I also want to give a little plug to the radio station I work with because we partner with uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and we have for the past couple of years. Yep. Out in a city called Merrill, we did uh, Sunflower Festival. Raised $32,000 for the kids of St. Jude just in one weekend. So it was was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm very proud of it, but yeah, I, I stayed incredibly busy. Um, watching Spanish movie. horror movies and uh, playing some video games. That's what I did on Monday. So, <laughs> <laughs> you you were off raising money for children. Wow, I feel uh, I feel bad now. Well, you're you're a part of this, Andy. So so you can you can take uh, you can take a little credit for that. I, I get yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, how about horror, right, movie, horror news? movie news? Good? All right, uh, yet another bla- blast from the past in the new Blumhouse Halloween sequel, Halloween Kills. Website Bloody Disgusting reports that Robert Longstreet will return as Lonnie Elam. Uh, Lonnie is one of the kids who bullies Tommy Doyle in the first one. Uh, His friends were daring him to go inside of Michael's house in the original. Uh, He joins other big names in the original, such as Anthony Michael Hall, who was announced last week to be playing Tommy Doyle. Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi is reportedly producing (laughs) a grudge reboot. No. (laughs) He will be at the New York Comic Con next month to talk about that, I guess. Nicholas Pesci from, uh, there's a movie called Eyes of My Mother he directed. He's he's selected, uh, he's been selected to direct this thing. I don't know why we need to do this, but that I'm just reporting, man. Oh, uh, Lord. He, uh, James Wan's new horror movie, which is going by the title Silver Cup. I finally got your reference because I, I listened to the Tin Cup <laughs> yeah, about the Kevin Costner golf film. And yeah. then I, I, didn't, I guess I didn't grasp it fast enough. Not a Tin Cup sequel, I don't no, think. No, it's not a golf movie. <laughs> he had another casting announcement. Uh, George Young and Annabelle Wallace have already been cast as the leads. Um, Maddie Haddison from the, uh, there's a TV show from 2017 called Mr. Mercedes. Must be based on the uh, Stephen King novel. I know Sarah read that. It's a TV no. series. She's from this TV series, Mr. Mercedes. I'm not sure where it, where it was familiar. on. Uh, She joins the cast. A little word on who she will play or what Silver Cup is about, but I think it is not a Tin Cup sequel. (laughs) Um, 
The biggest news this week, it Chapter 2 out in theaters today. Yes, sir. John and I are going to see that this weekend. Uh, preliminary reports are saying it doesn't quite measure up to the first installment, but uh, we'll let you know next week. I've read I've read some things that it's bloodier and oh, really? more gory. Interesting. And it's two hours and 34 minutes, dude. It, and I'm going to go see it at 11 o'clock tomorrow night. So it'll really? Be a late, late movie. For, yeah, uh, some of the uh, staff from a sushi restaurant I go to and, and I are going to go to it tomorrow night, so... Um, should be, and they and they don't get off until you know ten o'clock. So two hours and thirty four minutes. <laughs> it's I'm gonna just be gonna late say, I, I for the length of it, mm-hmm. it, it better be spectacular because I'm already thinking that it's gonna get a lower score because it's that long. Yeah, yeah. You you know how I feel about long movies anyway. So yes, I do. <laughs> it better. It, you know, the the people I'm going with are very excited about a huge Stephen King It fan, so that'll probably uh, make it a little better for me. Enjo- but, a little uh, more enjoyment to it. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're very into it, so should be interesting. Can't wait for next week episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Horror movie trivia. Do you have a horror movie trivia I, for Tessies, the I, movie that we are doing today? It's it's translated as Theses. Yes, Thesis. Thesis, thesis is the English title, right? Okay, when our uh, protagonist hero angela is accessing the warranty for the camera used in the film whose name appears on it uh i think it is the directors it is <laughs> alejandro, alejandro yes. his name is that one of the yes there is a uh, a clue or a subplot about the uh, sony xt 500 camera in this which uh it's a little contrived, but uh, the, the whole digital zoom thing. We'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, but really. anyway, uh, yes, his name is she steals disc, and uh, his name does come up in that. My trivia question: uh, Eduardo Noriega, the antagonist from this week's movie Tessis, uh, or Thesis as it's known in uh, the United States, uh, is. Uh, um, mostly acting in Spanish television series these days. However, he did have a minor Hollywood career starring in a few major uh, American motion pictures. He had a minor role in the 2008 film Vantage Point with Dennis Quaid. Remember that one? A little bit. Yeah. So I think it was about out a political intrigue movie or something, if I remember right. Uh, he also starred as the antagonist in this 2013 Arnold Schwarzenegger flop. He was, I'll give you a clue, he was a Mexican drug dealer, I think. Americans can never tell the difference between Wasn't Spain that right and after Schwarzenegger was a governor? Yes. This is like his first film after he comes, not a horror film, obviously. I, I, but. I, don't, I don't remember the name of it, but uh, I mean, he's a, he's like a sheriff. He's a sheriff, and yes, you got it. It's called The Last Stand. That's it. And uh, I think that Noriega was like this drug lord from Mexico. Uh, like I said, People never differentiate Spain and Mexico in America. <laughs> they they seem to, like I went to Spain, which That's we're going to talk about. True, and everybody was like, "Oh, did you eat a lot of tacos?" Oh my there are God. no tacos in Spain, <laughs> so I ate pig brains there, but no tacos. So, and that's much better. Yeah, right. In fact, there was no Taco Bell. I was the, like the first thing I did when I got back from Spain was go straight to Taco Bell because <laughs> I, I didn't have a taco the entire time I was there. So very different country from from Mexico, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about. Uh, I guess uh, I'm going to keep calling it Tessie's because that's the movie Let's, I know about. We, we can we can keep with that because that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm used to seeing yeah. it as. Uh, yep. This is your spoiler alert. Yes, right. We will so, talk about this movie in its entirety all the way through the yep. end. So if you don't want to know what happens at the end of this, uh, pause the podcast, watch it, come back to it, and hear what we have to say. But before we actually get into the synopsis, I want you to give the story sure. of why. Why, Why we're even talking about it to the table. Sure. Um, it, it, it's a great, great story. So sure. So 
1995 Alejandro Amenabar movie. Uh, it was in the theater when, uh, so I spent a semester abroad, lived there for about six months in a, in a city in called, Spain. in Spain, in a city called Valladolid. So, um, and it was in the theater when I was there in 1997. So, uh, I think it was kind of breaking out at the time. Um, it probably spent some time on like the festival circuit or whatever. It was very indie film, you know, you could, very you much. can obviously tell that. Um, and it was probably, it probably had just gotten a, a wide release in Spain. It never came on the United States, mm-hmm. but it was, it was in the theater and it was uh, a pretty big movie there. You know, it was kind of a big deal. Um, and, uh, it looks like I think you can get it on Blu-ray, but I didn't get like the a Region One DVD of it until 2007 or eight. I think is when I finally when I got the DVD that I gave you to watch. I don't think it's anywhere to watch on streaming. I gave John my copy of it yeah. to watch. Um, so my roommate in Spain was from Cantabria, where Eduardo Nariega is from, okay. and knew him. And I actually talked to him while this was in the theaters. He actually came to the city that we were that we lived in, and she knew him. So I got to talk to Eduardo Noriega a little bit at a club one night. And, That's you know, cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And he was nobody, you know. I mean, he was like people kind of knew who he was because of this movie, but uh, he was he was really no one. So it was really kind of cool to see him. In things like Opera Los Ojos, uh, which is a, a men of our film that's uh, that uh, Cameron Crowe based the movie Vanilla Sky on with Tom Cruise. Yep. Um, and which then sucked. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, yeah. I like that. I, that's why. Like again, yeah, I like that, but I like some uh, men of ours movies. So no, I like I, I liked seen a, I like Vanilla Sky, Sky and Opera Los. They're basically the exact same movie. I mean, they they really are. I have them both because I like them. So. <laughs> Teach his own. Yeah, you know, I also like Blair Witch Project too. So I I don't know. (laughs) Maybe maybe I shouldn't even uh, give my opinion on movies. But uh, (laughs) anyway, again, like I think we're both on the same page when it comes to horror movies. But but you know, there are just some of these these artsy fartsy films that I just kind. I guess I just don't get it, and I'm not cultured enough to get it. Because I think that's what it was, but yeah. Anyways, well, continue. I, I, sure, sure, and and so so yeah. No, I mean uh, that, and that that's kind of so. You know, obviously, I have some nostalgia goggles for this movie. I have kind of sure. uh, you know, it's got uh, some memories for me and things. So I tried to divorce myself from that in this, uh, in giving this um, you know critique of it. But uh, why don't I just go through the synopsis to begin sure. with, so we can kind of uh, know what we're talking about here. All right. Uh, Angela, a film student in Madrid, is doing her thesis on uh, audiovisual violence in the family is what uh, what the title of her thesis is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first scene, she's like on a train, which comes to an emergency stop. Someone's thrown themselves on the tracks uh, to kill themselves and has been cut in two. Uh, the, uh, like the conductor comes on and says everybody has to dis- disembark from the train. There's been an accident. And you see her like go to look at the body, even though she's like being told not to do that, uh, which uh, she looks away at the last moment. And uh, and then she uh, the scene then the scene then goes to uh, she's meeting with uh, this guy named Professor Figuera, who is her thesis director. He's supposed to like help her with the thesis and, and, uh, you know, talk her through uh, everything that she's going to need to do to to, uh, put this thesis together. asks he she asks him to find the most violent videos from the school's video library and then she also goes to a, a student named Kema uh which Kema is actually short for the name Jose Maria oh yeah in okay. so that's uh that's uh, where that comes from but uh he's known for owning a large collection of violent and pornographic videos yes. now 
here's this movie. We're going to talk about this more later, but this is, mo- is a very 1996 movie. I mean, nobody, I don't think any, I bet you know there's no kids in college that even have a video collection at all anymore. You know why? You don't need one. Everything is out on the internet, right? But uh, there, there, re- there wasn't really even internet video at the time. I mean, it was very rudimentary. There was a thing called Real Player, I think. But remember that? Yes. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, I think that might have been out by Laser 1996, disc? but uh, you really, even if you, if you looked at a picture, you had to wait for it to load. So, uh, he has this big collection of, of videos, and um, she goes to his house, watches some kind of basically a version of Faces of Death with him. It's like a supposed to supposedly real real deaths, and there's like people being executed and stuff. She seems very disgusted by this movie, and came out kind of tr- chides her for it. And then he asks her if she's ever seen anyone die. Uh, next scene, she uh, the the professor goes into the library. He finds a film that's been hidden in the library. And he goes into like a screening room, has an asthma attack and dies while watching it. And uh, ostensibly that's because the film's so extremely violent that he can't take it. Right. So he dies. Angela walks in, finds him there, uh, reaches out to touch his face. uh, And then she uh, spins around, takes the tape from the VCR and steals it. She goes to Kama's house and watches it. And it turns out it's a real snuff film, uh, which is a, uh, of a of a woman being tortured. A guy in a balaclava uh, shoots her after he's done torturing her. Uh, Kama realizes that this girl is a missing student named Vanessa who'd been rumored to have run away with some guy. Uh, Kama also notices that the camera has a digital zoom. He determines that the Sony, the camera uses a Sony X-T500 High 8 camera. You remember High 8? That was mm-hmm. kind of... <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I right do. before digital video, that was uh, like actually uh, some kind of magnetic media. That my uh, cousin's uh, wedding was filmed in high eight. I wonder if she can even watch it. Anymore. I used one of those things all the time. Did you really? When I was in high school, really? seriously, okay. seriously, we had one. <laughs> really? Wow, awesome. So uh, the next day, another professor named Jorge Castro comes, uh, takes over for Figueroa's class. Uh, Angela leaves the class. She sees a student using a Sony XT500 camera. Uh, they get into a chase, <laughs> and this this guy is like kind of a handsome guy. Uh-huh. It's Eduardo Noriega. Yep. Uh, he catches up uh, the student whose name is Bosco, which is like actually a cool name in Spain. Uh, gives her a newspaper clipping she dropped about Vanessa's death, and she pretends she's doing a report on his death. Bosco claims uh, that he knew Vanessa and that he would do an interview with uh, her for this uh, report she's doing. He does the interview. Um, and Angela's kind of, after the interview, is convinced of his uh, innocence due to, uh, like, how charismatic he is, you know. And uh, the, Didn't he show a little emotion in it? He did, I, yeah. I believe, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Kama says that he's a psychopath. <laughs> he, he still thinks he's a psychopath. Angela arrives at her house that night, and Bosco is there. Yep. Uh, he charms Angela's family into inviting for dinner, and then he comes on to Angela when he's, he says that he needs to film some outtakes for the, uh, for the interview where she's like nodding to what he says and stuff. So that they, it isn't just, she can, he can cut away to her while during the interview. And then that night she has a dream. Uh, well, so she, you know, he kind of comes on to her. She kind of resists him or whatever. And then they have dinner. Um, and he kind of, uh, schmoozes his, her younger sister, uh, during, during yes. dinner. Um, and that night she has a dream about Bosco breaking into her room, having sex with her, and stabbing her. <laughs> so, that was a very odd scene. It, well, that was a different scene. Um, next day she has a meeting with Jorge Castro about the missing tape. He confronts her. She denies she took it. Uh, he presents this video evidence that shows that she stole it. Uh, Kama calls her during this time and tells her to leave Jorge's office because he's 
Uh, he says that uh, Castro, Jorge Castro, is involved in the making of the original video, uh, and Castro chases her. There's another chase scene as he is, she escapes his office. Well, it's not that it's not so much of a chase. It's like yeah. she she scoots out of there yeah, before she. Right. He can even grab her. Yeah, no, you're right. So, yeah, so she, I mean, because she, she just kind of makes a beeline yes. to the door and leaves. That's right. That's right. Well, she gets away from his office because he wants, he, he's trying to get her to stay. Yep. Uh, then uh, Bosco's girlfriend, Yolanda, uh, who he says he's broken up with, uh, comes to see Angela, tells her that Kema, Kema and Bosco, her and this Vanessa, were involved in a film workshop. Uh, she says that Kema is good friends with Bosco and that Yolanda left the workshop with, when Bosco and Kema tried to make Vanessa take her clothes off for a short film they tried to make during this work, uh, workshop. Angela confronts Kema about this. He says he did know Bosco, which he's never revealed before. Uh, shows her a series of tunnels he found in his school. They discover a cache of snuff films in an area within the tunnels. The lights go off after they, they discover this. And as they work their way through the tunnels, Bosco tells this story written by Oscar Wilde called The Princess and the Dwarf, mm-hmm. um, which is relates to the story. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, they fall asleep somehow after they, just, they, they fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which when I'm in a dark tunnel that uh, someone shut the light, I often fall asleep. But anyway, they fall asleep. Matches run out. Wake up. Uh, the lights come on. Angela's alone. She gets chloroformed. She wakes up tied to a chair. Professor Castro is filming her. He tells her he is just the editor of these snuff films, Mm -hmm. but that he now has to kill her because uh, she's found out his secret. He points a gun at her. Uh, Kama comes out of nowhere, wrestles with him. Gun goes off and Castro is this professor's killed. Uh, She runs back to her house where her mom tells her her sister is at a party with Bosco. Mm -hmm. Uh, she goes to the party, makes out with Bosco to wreck her sister's idea of what Bosco is really like. So she starts making out with him and then uh, her sister is kind of disgusted by this and goes home. Yep. So that accomplishes what she wants to do. Regroups at Kama's house and Angela says, uh, tells him that they need to go to the police. Kama says he needs a shower and then we'll go. Well, Kama's in the shower. Angela finds a Sony X-T500 video camera she does. in Kama's things with a tape that says Angela on it. And it is a private video of her doing private things. Things like walking around her house, touching a picture of Bos- uh, picture of Bosco on the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, she kisses, so, the she screen. kisses the screen when Bosco's on the screen. Uh, then, so she she runs away, goes to Bosco's house. They have a conversation. Uh, Kama comes in, knocks Bosco out. Bosco recovers and fights with Kama. Kama tells Angela to go look in the garage. It's the same garage as the one on the snuff film that they've they've seen that's killed this professor. Uh, then uh, Bosco knocks out Kama, ties Angela up. Angela has a knife. Uh, I can't remember where she got that from the kitchen or something like that. Yeah, like when they were having the interaction in the kitchen. Right, she grabbed, she grabbed one. Cuts her ropes open. Bosco approaches her with a gun, and he's telling her that she's he's going to do all this stuff to her, like uh, uh, cut her intestines out. And so basically everything that happened to this Vanessa girl that we never saw uh, what, what happened there. Uh, Bosco approaches, uh, and then she stabs him because uh, she's cut her uh, ropes. They fight. Angela picks up the gun and shoots him in the head on camera. Yep. During the so the snuff film he was going to make becomes a snuff film with him in it, yep. <laughs> with him as the star. Mm-hmm. So later we see Angela in the hospital talking to Kama on the news. There's a report about the snuff film ring. It says six women's bodies have been found at Bosco's home, and then the television reporter tells us that they are going to show a tape of Vanessa's death in its entirety. <laughs> Cut <laughs> and that's the credit end of the scene. So, <laughs> all right. So let's let's talk about the um, 
the era that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's important here. Uh, I, I think, first of all, um, you know, it, 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 this could have been um, more of a like a slasher movie, the addition of a few scenes and stuff. You know, I think I think there's some things that you could do, but you'll never remake this movie. I mean, it's very much a film of its time. It is. You know, uh, this film in 1996, you, you have to kind of to even get this film at all. You have to know what era you're you know, you're in there. Right. There was. I, I remember, and I remember this. There were like urban legends about snuff films existing, you know. That and it, and I read something once in like um, uh, uh, some movie mag. What is that? Weekly uh, Entertainment Weekly about snuff films or something. Maybe after Eight Millimeter came out. Yeah. Uh, and it was like there is no th- these things don't exist, and no- nobody's ever been actually killed on film and stuff. It's a very different era, you know. You didn't have YouTube. Um, yeah. I, and, I re- and I remember also Charlie Sheen was rumored to actually have a real snuff film or yeah. something like this. That, that was the thing. <laughs> and like you said, back in the day, it was an urban legend about mm-hmm. these things, about somebody really getting murdered on right. film. Right. So I, the premise, like you said, this is not going to be remade because I no, mean, how can you? You can't. I mean, yeah. How many uh, I have seen without even trying to look uh, people get killed on YouTube? You know, I mean, you can see death, actual death on video. Um, there's been, you know, wars since then that have been very well documented in video yeah. helmet cameras from soldiers, you know, I mean, yes. there's, I, there's, it's real out there. But, yeah, it but is. Back, and, and, back in the day there, you didn't see that. There, you no. had the technology that, that you did. Y- you didn't. The, the aesthetic of this, I wasn't a big fan of, and maybe it was just because it was just it was transferred from a VHS to a DVD. It could be, yeah. I'm not um, sure if that's the way the transfer. I'm sure it was filmed in 16 millimeter too. Yeah. So you're talking about the grain in the film, or yeah, what? a little bit of the grain, but I but it was just kind of you know aesthetically the the colors were were okay. Yeah, I, the the score to me was just awful. <laughs> it could, yeah, that yeah. turned me off a okay. lot. I mean, it went. There was no mood to it. I thought the I thought the score was a pretty generic horror movie score yeah. you know the, i mean it, 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 it this this is a horror film i mean it, it definitely is a horror film it's a horror thriller because it, what, it, it has those horror elements but and surprisingly uh, about this movie mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of violence to it no and and i think if you really showed what was happening if eli roth had directed this thing oh, yeah. this would have been like one of the first torture porns and i think you said that yeah i mean that's your idea that, that was that's that's the vibe <laughs> i got from it I yeah mean, absolutely I, you know ne- i never saw a movie like this or similar to this at all yeah um what was it the early 2000s nicholas cage was eight million millimeter yeah that was i think 99 actually okay so so late late 90s but i mean something similar to that yeah uh, of the only thing i can think of that took this premise um you know angel angelina angela angela i can't talk angela if you really angela (laughs) um It was refreshing to see her. I, she obviously played the trope of the last girl. Yeah, uh, for but, all intents and purposes, she's the final girl. But, yeah. but she's the hero. I mean, yeah. you don't see that, or you didn't see it a lot back in the 90s, that, that she was the main character, the main yeah. protagonist, of and being able to end the movie by shooting um, um, Bosco in the head. right in mm-hmm. the head. I mean, that, that to me was was very interesting and, and very cool about the movie. Yeah, and I think actually her shooting him in the head is one of the most graphic scenes in the movie. You Absolutely. know, it's it's really kind of like he the way he falls and stuff mm-hmm. is is really it's actually one of the more graphic scenes in the movie for 
the subject matter that we're dealing with here, you're right. This just really isn't a very violent movie. And if you were going to remake this, you could really make it something like Eli uh, Roth. Almost, yeah, it, it would be hostile, like in its uh, in what you could do with with the material you have here, because it is some sinister stuff we're talking about. I did, I did enjoy that they didn't show that, and it left it to your imagination because mm-hmm. it just left you feeling, oof, yeah, you know what's going on here, right? Uh, they right. did show Bosco with. Um, What's her name? Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, punching her. And yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan That's of that. Right. I mean, I just, it's. He punches uh, uh, Angela, Angela, too. We'll just call her Angela. I'm not going to. Yeah. I just. Use my. I didn't like that. <laughs> but I did like the way they steered away from it and made you yeah. think more and use your, use your brain of what's really going on here. And I think you kind of glazed over a little bit. But uh, when, when the first professor dies of an asthma attack, they bring yeah. in this just the trope of uh, a, a guy that you know has something to do with it. Because to me, the the, the thriller part of it, and that was kind of cool, was they kept throwing red herrings at you. Right. You don't know who... Well, yeah, and I, and I thought, you know, that was something that wasn't done super great in this movie, I didn't think. No. But there were, there were a lot of red herrings and supposed twists and stuff. You know, you never... I, I don't think you were supposed to know whether Kamo was involved or not. I think it was supposed to... It was supposed to be more like... Uh, basic instinct like where uh you know gene triple horns character is did she do it or not you know but it, it never really i never really got that sense i was like no he didn't do this you know well, and, yeah and but it, with it like like my initial reaction was like okay well this professor knows all about what your thesis is going to be yeah. um oh know, he it, definitely seemed involved yeah, right away and you're yeah. just like okay that guy that that guy either did it or, or was a part of this <laughs> yes definitely. and then you go to find out Oh yeah, when when uh, when the professor catches her, chloroforms her, and yeah. ties her up, yeah. and starts filming her, the the most effective scene in the whole movie. Hi, my name is Angela, and they're gonna kill me. Yeah, exactly. I mean that that is a and that's a big theme of this movie. I think that's what the whole um, I think that's what the whole fairy tale is about. Um, you know, she the, he. Kama tells this fairy tale. It's an Oscar Wilde fairy tale called "The Princess and the uh, and the Dwarf." It's about this dwarf who like dances and entertains people, and uh, then he sees himself in a mirror and he realizes that he, he's ugly. And the reason that everybody's been uh, entertained by him is because he's so ugly and he dies. And uh, then uh, they come in and they, they. I guess the king is really depressed or something, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, he says, uh, he says, well, wh-, you know, the princess comes in and says, well, he could have helped the, uh, the king. Wh- wh- what are we going to do? And, and they're, uh, what happened here? And they say, well, he, he died of a broken heart. And she says, uh, something like, um, I have it written down here somewhere. Um, she says, um, for the future, let those who come to play with me have no hearts. So I think what they're trying to say is that we want to be entertained, but there's like a human cost to this, mm. you know, and that's what she's trying to do there. She's trying to humanize herself to the people who are watching this video mm. by giving her name and, and telling, you know, saying that she's she's going to be killed. And, and I think she says Jorge Castro is going to kill me, too. Doesn't she? Doesn't she say his name as yep, well? Yeah, she does. So uh, which they could add it out. But I think what she's trying to do is humanize herself because she realizes that the violence that's in these movies and like uh, this faces of death thing, those people are nameless, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't really think about them being human or think about the fact that they have any feelings. Um, and that's what that, I think what that 
that fairy tale was supposed to be. Interesting. That's why they included that whole thing because, uh, which again wasn't done great, but but I think it, it, I think it ties it together a little bit. Yeah, more because I, I, it, it was kind of all over the place. And it was, and it, but I think that's what that was trying to say is that you know these violent movies that we enjoy, we can enjoy like this death and violence and graphic uh, presentation of of like very violent things because we don't see these people as human, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, it, you know, the, the princess says, uh, for the future, let those co- who come to play with me have no hearts. It's like saying, I don't, I don't want to know about the human side of these victims on this movie I'm watching. Entertain I just want to entertain me. Right. Exactly. Kill these people. I don't care about their human, the human part of that. That that's what I think is trying to be said. There. I, re- I remember that scene, but I guess I just didn't tie it together since yeah. you brought it up. But the one thing that really brought it to me, and it's similar to what we saw in Cabin in the Woods, that uh, we're the antagonist of this movie right. because we want to consume these kind of things. We want to mm-hmm. be entertained because specifically and it, it's the one line that really stuck out in my head was the very last line of the movie that news anchor she says uh this this subject may be may be sensitive but we yeah. are going to show this in its entirety, it's entirety. cut <laughs> to black because because uh chama or Kema and mm-hmm. and angela are leaving the hospital right and that was the very last scene mm-hmm. you know the the uh elevator doors close and they're gone yeah so this awful thing has happened and we know it's terrible and, and you're going to be disturbed by this but we're going to show the whole thing yeah <laughs> you know, that's, turn away if you'd like you know right. it's kind of like wink wink right so it, it is definitely doing uh it is definitely trying to say something about violence in film mm-hmm. um and i i think you know it's it's got a message about that like the, the and the whole train accident thing like and in the whole you know anna claims to just abhor violence and she's like she's detested you know she's like made sick by it she's watching this movie with Kama that's like faces of death and she's like repulsed by it you know she makes comments about how awful and disgusting it is but she watches it and she know? wants more yeah because she goes to the professor she goes get me the most violent thing that you have yeah that's ex- exactly and I think it's it's saying that although we might say you know we're disgusted by this we we find it so appalling and it's just awful somewhere inside there we we want to see what we want to open our eyes I think everybody's <laughs> like that you yeah know, whether absolutely. it's an accident you know why why did they why are we called rubberneckers when we're on the road and there's right. a you know there's an accident you're not sitting there going, I don't want to see this you're going what yeah, that's exactly it, you know, and I think that's what it's saying. There's something to the human. Uh, there's something about human beings that attracts us to violence, regardless of how we purport to uh, feel about uh, about it. Yeah. You know, uh, is it? And, and you know, I think it, it, you know, Kama is this is this guy who you know openly enjoys these movies. You know, he he has a collection of them. He's known for having a collection of them. And you know, is it? I think it's trying to it's trying to contrast th- those those two kind of people in that scene. It's like, you know, you're is is it better to lie to yourself and, and say you don't enjoy this when you actually do, like like An- Angela does, or you know, uh, w- or came on where he's just like, hey, this is something that people enjoy, so I'm gonna run with it. I don't. Well, know. I think I think Kama has got, you know, he he's kind of a dirt ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, definitely. You know, he but uh, like we've talked about this before. You know, it's. It's not 
a level of deviancy. It's a level of curiosity. So when you were younger and you watched these kind of movies, you were really intrigued by them. Yeah. But it seems to me that there was a there was a character arc for Kema at the end of the movie where, you know, you find out that they they went or this professor actually, you know, was doing these weird things. And he was like, "Okay, well, I'm kind of into that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get all these other kind of movies." But at the end, I think there was a representation that we don't want to watch this, so we're leaving. We're, yeah. we're getting, and he was the same way. And Kama shut the TV off. He did. You know, he, he the, everybody was watching it, and to their dismay, he shut it off. He made them read a book, and then to get him to stop reading the book, he turned the TV back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I saw that, and I thought that was my favorite character of the movie. I mean, Kim is absolutely the best character in this movie because I, I mean, he just it, there was that character arc for him of yeah. of he's like this, you know, he's really shady. He was one of your red herrings of, of mm-hmm. you know his involvement, but then all of a sudden, you know, he he's ultimately you know okay, I'm repulsed by this now. Yep, because I don't want this anymore. Oh, and his place was bomb. He had so many cool things around his house. With <laughs> yeah, the exception a, of his tape collection. Basically a horror movie host. Oh, it was, it was nice. pretty great, yeah. Feli Martinez is the guy that uh, plays him. And he he actually won a, there's a, like the Spanish version of the Oscars. It's called the Goyas, Goyas. I think. Yeah. yeah, He won a Goya for this film, I believe, for his depiction of Kema, if I remember right. If, if not, uh, he has won a Goya since then. Yeah, it um, won uh, Best Film, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Director. Okay. okay. So it won seven awards. So yeah, maybe he did. Yeah, I, I think he did win a Goya for this uh, for this film, and he does. He's absolutely the best character. I mean, every he steals every scene he's in, um, and I, I, I and I ostensibly does better than uh, Eduardo Noriega. I think you know Eduardo Noriega is obviously a he's a presence in this movie, and I think he um, you know is is an, is an effective antagonist in the movie, but. The scenes he's in with Kama, Kama steals the show. Oh, he he totally does. Uh, the the actress that played Angela, she was great. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought I thought Bosco was a good character because I, it, it's just that charm, right? Know, the, mm-hmm. And and you yeah, know. and I think I think Noriega did a good job of portraying that. Like the charisma came through there. I yeah, think he, he didn't I think have. He, I, no. I guess there wasn't a lot of character development to keep you in suspense of who's really doing this. So didn't have a whole lot of a whole lot to pull from, but yeah. he did a great job as far as, you know, just being so the charmer and yeah. Then yeah. becoming just going from one to 11, all of a sudden, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this to you. I'm yes. going to do that to you. And, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, uh, Anna Torrance portrayal of Anna, Angela, I thought it was pretty cardboard, but she was like the worst character in my opinion. I, I, think she was, I, I there were times that she was, but I, I think as the movie progressed, she got better. Yeah. And, and I, maybe, uh, I just, I, I wasn't super impressed with the maybe it's the way the character was written it could be you know a male film student wrote this female character mm-hmm. and maybe just didn't uh, it's, it's kind of hard to write females when you you know uh, when, when you're a male sometimes and I'm wondering if, if uh, bar just kind of had a difficult time writing that because I just didn't think her character was was all that great and uh, I thought the other two actors really kind of stole the every scene she was in uh, from her. True. So. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't see her as she was the star, but I didn't. Yeah, she I, was. I, a star, I didn't but. see her as stealing any scene. No, I, there's I thought, nothing. I, I I thought the effective ones were were when Cham, K- Kama 
uh, filmed her like making out with their TV. Yeah, watching yeah. Bosco. Uh, right, that was kind of cool. And yeah. and this the cutscenes of of being behind the Sony camera, the XT five hundred. So that that's something I liked about it too. There was kind of some found footage type shots yeah, in here before cool. found yeah. footage. And this is four years before Blair Witch, and and it's. I thought that was very effective. And at the time, it was even more like, you know, uh, that's how you see Bosco get shot through the X-T500. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was uh, that was very effective as far as, as far as horror went, especially at that time. You really hadn't seen that a whole lot. There was, uh, you know, it was kind of a new thing. Do you to, think they could have used more of that? I mean, to me, because they, 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 have, they yeah. were they were effective scenes. Like, to, mm-hmm. like I said, like, hi, my name's Angela and yeah. they're going to kill me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was great, and that's like the front of the box too. Yes, that's the tagline of the movie, and yeah. uh, for good reason. I think it's a, it's a, kind of a shocking and 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 scary scene when she when she says that. You know, right. she realizes she's going to die, and and you know she's talent. She's preparing for it. Well, so. it's like we said with the Vanessa scenes that you don't really see anything. It's almost like a, a zoom in, like mm-hmm. the, where he finds out it's the auto zoom, but it's like a zoom in of, you know, you can't really tell what's going on because it's it's just the camera placement i thought was really good because again i I love that part of it that you didn't actually have to see it just left it to your imagination which made it a little more terrifying so what do you give this movie well it was two hours and five minutes was it that long yeah i guess you're right (laughs) um the more i got to think about it the more i kind of i kind of liked it okay so i'm gonna give it a two okay that's that's fair, and again, I'm trying to divorce myself from uh, the, the the nostalgia goggles here, um, and you know I'll say that this, the story is a little contrived. Um, the whole digital zoom clue is a bit of a groaner, you know. It's like really you figured that out from that. Um, and again, but again, Amanda Barr wrote this in college. I wrote some really bad novels and poetry in college. It's better than anything I ever wrote in college. So. Um, again, I didn't think Anna Torrent was real great upon uh, second watching of it. Uh, the just for the American version of this, the DVD version I got, the subtitles were terrible. Like uh, they they actually kind of changed the meaning of some of the things. If, if you knew what they were actually saying and what what the subtitles read, it it was not the same. And it's like. Maybe that's why I got confused at sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't pick up on that at all. But you yeah. lived in Spain. So. Well, and, and I I can speak Spanish. I won't say I can speak Spanish fluently. I went to Mexico last year and was kind of I was like, what were they saying? But so it's it's been a while since I've been able to speak it fluently. But uh, I can speak it well enough to know what they're saying as opposed to what what's being shown on the screen. The subtitles really terrible in the DVD version that I have. Uh, maybe I should buy the the Blu-ray uh, since it is a film I really like. Um, I thought that the like the the whole snuff film ring angle with Jorge Castro. Why were they doing this? You never really. Is it just because they're perverted and and disgusting people who enjoy violence? Are they getting some money for it? I mean, I don't know. Are they selling well, this thing? Th- or? That was my question, and maybe they did answer it. Why did the school have all those tapes? Yeah, I, I you know I don't know. Maybe in the I can't remember what I wasn't. I was never a film student. I took a film class, but uh, maybe schools had film libraries back then. I don't know. Well, I. I, I <laughs> I don't know how they got those films because yeah. the, my understanding was the second professor that came in yeah. was from someplace else. So he wasn't he didn't have anything to do with that school that he was from another film college and he I came in be. after I, the first professor died. 
I think he was a member of the staff, but he replaced uh, Figaro after he after he died because he was just a member of the staff. So okay, um, well, maybe I and I, I maybe I didn't pick up on that, but but I, yeah, how the how the tape actually got in the library, I'm not clear on either. There was multiple. Yeah, there and uh, it, I guess. Uh, it might have been hidden in there, maybe uh, Castro or uh, or because the guy wasn't supposed to go in there. Mm-hmm. Remember, he like he made it. He, he talked to the guy and he's like, well, just let me go in there, you know, and because the guy said, I'll go get whatever you whatever you want. And then he went and grabbed that tape. And wasn't it kind of in a weird, inconspicuous place? If I, I remember it was right. like a little vault, like way down yeah. in the bowels of it. Yeah. And there was multiple tapes and they all looked the same. They so did, the, right. It, you kind of got the impression that there, there was multiple snuff films there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that could that could be. But I just didn't think that the the whole uh, motivation for Jorge Castro and Bosco to be doing this was really. Are they just serial killers? Are they just. You know, sick people who, who are they? Are they making some kind of money out of this? They that just wasn't. Fired the director of a Serbia. That, that could very well be, you know. <laughs> so, and then uh, I found there to be a very sad attempt at some kind of romance between Kama and Angela at the end. <laughs> you know, like he yeah. she her, she writes his dedication in this Oscar Wilde. She gets him the Oscar Wilde book that has the princes and the dwarf in it. It's like a compendium of like short stories he did. I don't know much about Oscar Wilde, but. Uh, and she writes him some kind of um, uh, of uh, dedication in it that talks about going to coffee, which uh, which is something that he had said he wanted to do with her. So, so it's oh, like an yeah. implied romance. Or that that was really contrived. Will you go to coffee? I mean, they had like no chemistry or any Zero. kind of kind of attraction in the whole film, and now they're gonna date. I mean, that was really she, uh, yeah, quite the yeah. opposite. She was so disgusted by yes. him because of like his deviancy. Yes, exactly. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, man. I and I think it it also tries to make some kind of commentary in the Spanish film industry in the 1990s. And again, reason you couldn't remake it, it it's it's very much a film of its time. Uh, you have and you have to know a little bit about Spain too. Until 1975, so really only like 20 years before this, Spain was run by a dictator who really did a lot of like uh, uh, censorship of films. So they didn't really have any kind of. Uh, Good, you know, that's just not an environment where you're going to get good films. And the only no. other Spanish film up to this point that had really broken out was a uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, Pedro Almodovar, I think was his name. He did this movie called Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which uh, got, oh, the first it, NC 17 yes, movie, exactly. It, it, it got kind of uh, it was kind of infamous in this country, uh, for, for a couple of the scenes, one involving a toy scuba diver. You can Google that, but <laughs> we're not going to talk about it, but uh, but uh, you know, that that's mostly what Spanish cinema had broken out to for the rest of the world was that that singular film, so you know, and that that was um five years before this that that had that had come out so you know i think he's trying to say something here with uh jorge castro's speech i think those are um amenabar's words uh you know about the his opinion on the spanish film industry when jorge castro gives that long and boring speech about uh how a spanish how the film industry in spain you know so mm-hmm. i don't know so i think uh there's there's a couple things going on here that uh, that aren't so great I, i'm gonna you know objectively i'm gonna give this a two and a half i i think it's i think it's worth a watch I think it's it's an interesting film. I think if you can take yourself back to 1996 and uh, n- realize that you didn't have YouTube and people hadn't seen this kind of stuff, I think it's an interesting film. Yeah, I, I do too. I, 
I think it's worth a watch. Seriously, yeah. I, I think you may, and you can pick this thing apart just as much as we did. But if right. you can get your hands on it, or just borrow it from Andy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it took me a week to bring it back. <laughs> oh, okay, that, that's fair. And and yeah, taking it's... the sentimental value out for it, which I mean, again, yeah. that's so cool. You got to meet him, and and you know, got to experience it pretty much live at the theater in Spain. So yeah, it was like it that. was that that is one of the reasons that I definitely am attracted to this film. Why I enjoy it, uh, but objective. Objectively, I think I could give it a two and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so. So coming up, uh, blah, 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 let's see. Next week, we did mention that we're talking It Chapter 2, two mm-hmm. hours and 34 minutes. Yep. I just want to keep putting that into your head, Andy. That's, that's how long. I'm going to be up very late on Saturday night. So Put in a catheter, drink some beer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Get you <laughs> right through it. And then coming up the following week, we're going international. We're going to Sweden. Erdiger the birder. Erdiger the year. Yep. Because we're going to see uh, what? Let the right Let one the in. Let the right one in. with, And Andy from uh, Straight Chillin is, well, we'll have to call him Randy. Randy Gandy G. Landy. G. Landy is uh, from Straight Chillin is going to be here to talk to us about that one. We got sleepaway camp, and oh. we get into. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited about watching that one. Are we wrapping up the month with that? Yes, we are. Oh boy! And then uh, we got Shocktober coming up. Shocktober. So Halloween, so Ugh. very exciting. Halloween themed um, movies. Uh huh. And Killer Workout is coming in November, which oh, I'm very man. excited about seeing. That's another uh, one that uh, I'm making uh, John watch. <laughs> See, I, I liked your pick on this. I mean, and again, you know, I had some problems with it, but I would recommend it. Uh, and then coming up in December, Santa Slays. Yes. S-L-A-Y-S. Yes, that's We're right. doing all Christmas, like like Santa Black themed. Christmas, yep. Well, I guess that's the only one not. Um, home Invasion. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, thank you so much for listening to episode number 27 of the Horrorphoria podcast. Everybody have a good weekend.